0: Welcome to the Dr. Dean Show again. We are joined uh, once again with our co host, Dr. Elizabeth Zack, who is a licensed psychologist, and she is with our clinic, the Beckloff Behavioral Health Center. Dr. Dean Beckloff has been working as a counselor with students, families, kids, and teens for over 40 years. As the founder of the Beckloff Behavioral Health Center, Dr. Dean focuses on children and families that need a little extra help via counseling. Each week with Dr. Elizabeth Zach, we discuss all things family-related to help people create the positive family they want to build. Welcome to the Dr. Dean Show. Welcome again. We are here for our show, Dr. Dean Show. And today's topic is the magic of play, because we're going to be talking about counseling with kids and working with children. And I think you'll find it to be enriching and helpful. Uh, We're joined today by Trisha McConn, who is our director of children's uh, counseling at our center, which is again, the Beckloff Behavioral Health Center which you can find more information at, at www.drbeckloff.com, drbecklof com. But Trisha is incredible and powerful in her work with kids. Uh, she takes care of everything that has to do with the counseling of kids. And she's always coming into the room with more stuff, which is great. So uh, she's keeping us going in a beautiful way. We have some wonderful play therapy rooms and so we're gonna be looking at play. We're gonna be working, looking at counseling with kids. And why play? Um, and I will say too, at our center, we work front and center with parents, that parents are an integral part of working with uh, their kids and helping them to grow and develop. And Trisha will be kind of helping us to understand the role of parents. But we believe in parents and, mm-hmm. and uh, empowering parents as well as empowering the child too in play therapy. Um, Play has been used for probably over a hundred years now in working with kids, starting with Sigmund Freud and then his daughter Anna Freud did a lot of work in play therapy. Mm -hmm. And uh, it continued on with several stellar people through the years. And play is almost magical. It's, It's like magic. When you get in there with a kid and you see what they're doing, it's like magic, but really, it's not that much off of what we do. We say children uh, that play is their language and the, wor- the toys are their words. And so uh, it, that's not that mysterious because that's exactly what is happening with language. They are symbols that are being manipulated but it's just different, but it's magical when you're looking at it. So we're gonna be looking at the magic of working with kids and working in play therapy. Uh, as I said, Trisha is excellent. And so my first question, Trisha is, and I hope it's okay to call you Tricia here. Of course, yes, okay. thank you for the introduction. Uh, why play therapy? Any Anything else you would add to that?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so as you said, Sigmund Freud was kind of the first one to bring play therapy into the psychotherapy field probably the early 1900s um, was when it kind of started. Since then, as you can imagine, it's like evolved um, pretty greatly. And now it's kind of referred to like a large number of treatment models that use play as the foundation, right? They use it as the way to connect the theories too. Um, You know, as adults, we face so many different obstacles in life, right? Day to day, life can feel so heavy. And that includes our kids too, you know, our kids, have heavy stuff too. Um, and yes, the power, Yeah, they do. <laughs> they, do. Yeah, they do. Um, and, and they don't
0: have, you know, all the resources as no, adults right. that we have. However, it's still, it's still hard for them too, because yeah. I mean, obviously they've got the support of their families. Yes. At least some kids do. Yes. And still it is hard. And yeah. how do we help them?
1: Yeah. Um, well through play therapy, you know, we can target so many different types of changes that we might wanna see in a child's life. Um, You know, behavior modification, it increases their confidence, their self-esteem, their ability to problem solve and to communicate their needs and their wants and their emotions. And it helps them ultimately better understand their world and their interpersonal relationships and, learn so much, you know, they get such a rich vocabulary of language within the sessions. Yeah. Um, One
0: of the things that I think is interesting about play therapy is that research has shown that it, it helps develop language skills. Yeah, Uh, It's not, that's not what it's about, but it helps develop. And so we've been talking
2: about the development of language skills and how important that is for emotional regulation.
0: And so play is really foundational in terms of development. I've been up with my youngest grandkid <laughs> who is six months old and it's just so interesting to watch her and she's reaching out and grabbing Aww. toys and trying to understand and manipulate those toys. And, yes, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, you know, the quote that you said, uh, it was by Gary Landreth and he says that toys are a child's words and plays their language, right? When we think about language, we think expression, right? It's a way to, to kind of Put a tan like it. It's a tangible way of thinking about our thoughts, right? And um, there's different ways of communicating and using language, speech, writing. Um, it could be a look that you give your kiddo when they're being, mm-hmm. um, you know, or your significant other. Um, it could be from a prayer. So, communicating and using language helps us connect with ourselves, our world, and with everything around us. Um, and then to get a little sciencey and brainy, it's it helps us kind of. Go to the prefrontal cortex, right, and develop right. that that skill. And the prefrontal cortex is important for, you know, improving impulse control and problem solving, mm-hmm. and um, just all kinds of things that we need to develop resilient adults. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So play is the foundation of all that. Well, it's I huge. remember,
0: yeah, we've been talking Kids. a lot about that on this yeah. show about yeah. moving up to that prefrontal cortex yeah. and. And if you're having trouble with your child regulating emotions, their behavior, that that is the part of the brain that we want to be training and it comes through calmness and calmly bringing them up where they can rationally think and process. I'll tell you one story years ago, I had this family come in and they uh, came in for this one problem, but I noticed very early on, and this gets back to the mystery of play. uh, I noticed, very early on the, the little girl began putting a girl on a bed in our sandbox because we always have sandboxes and then she surrounded them with creatures that were scary mm. and after doing that for a couple of weeks or maybe three weeks she finally brought in some nice animals that chased them all away mm. right after that her parents came in and i didn't know that she was having problems going to bed they came in and said we don't know what to make of this. This <laughs> this girl, we've always had to lay down with her and stay with her and pat her back and stay with her till she fell asleep because she was so scared. And we've just been tucking her in and she's been turning over and going to sleep. That's amazing. So yeah, that's I didn't great. even know that was a problem. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. The magic of play. I mean, it's
1: if you play. think about how many toys there are in the world and how many types of play. The combinations, you know, play therapy is limitless in my eyes when right. it comes to the combination. I mean, kids who don't have any toys will find dirt and sticks, and mm-hmm. they'll play. It's mm-hmm. universal. It's here. It's global. Right? Play is everywhere for kiddos.
0: I grew up in Africa many years ago, 1960, <laughs> yeah. and the villages, and children played. Yes. they didn't have toys, they didn't have
1: toys, I'm sure, and there was but they played found things to play and with, yeah, things
0: that would roll. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, well, cool. I, I love this topic, I think. And I love the idea that that play is magical um, and it can be so transformative. Um, and I'm going to admit that when I first, you know, began in graduate school, play therapy to me mm-hmm. was talk therapy with toys, was, you know, using toys is, is sort of a way to help a kid feel comfortable, to connect, to reduce maybe some of the the nerves.
0: Which is true. Which is true. true. Yeah, very I mean, true. when a kid, a lot of our kids come anxious. Mm-hmm. When they walk into the playroom, suddenly yes. that anxiety resides. So yes. yeah, there is point to there that. Is,
2: there is a piece. Um, I will say that you know, even, I have an interesting story um, about the power of play therapy. So I'm gonna go way back um, when I was about five or six, and my brother uh, was six or seven. So we're talking, dating myself. A couple of years ago. (laughs) 45 years ago, yes, just a few years ago. When counseling (laughs) therapy was not what it is today, my older brother struggled with separation anxiety, severe separation mm. anxiety, school refusal. I mean, it, it, it was it was pretty traumatic for for my parents, right? For my brother, for me as a you know That's younger sister, yeah. mm-hmm. and they tried everything. And the principal was helpful, and everybody tried to help. You know, my sweet brother. And it wasn't until shout out to um, Sally Woolrich in Houston, the principal of my my elementary school who suggested play therapy. I thought it was the coolest thing. He mm-hmm. got to go in and play <laughs> and hang out, and he always came out with a uh, with a root beer. It was before you know bottled wow. water, right? So he always came <laughs> wow. out with a root beer, and I thought this is the coolest thing.
0: And that wasn't fair to you.
2: It was not fair to me. He <laughs> got to go that, yeah. in and have this special time <laughs> and get a root and beer he, and get a root beer, and he shared about what they what they did. And to see the change in, in my older brother,
1: mm-hmm.
2: this is when I decided I wanted to be a child therapist. Oh, that's nice. Because of the work that this therapist did yeah. and the magic that, that to me, I didn't know what they were doing, but it was so powerful. It's, it is so powerful. So powerful. And so it
0: transformed. It was yeah. transformative.
2: Completely transformative. Yeah. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. So I guess my question is, for people who might think that it really is just talk therapy um, with toys, um, it, you know, a lot of us in the center use um, child-centered play yes. therapy. So mm-hmm. I guess if you could share a little bit about yeah. what that looks like,
1: absolutely. So um, child-centered play therapy is based on the principles of Carl Rogers' person-centered therapy. Um, it, it kind of it's the idea that the therapist believes that the client has this innate ability to be constructively self-correcting and self-healing if given the environment that kind of is, you know, it's full of unconditional positive regard, empathetic understanding, and congruence with the therapist. Um, So that's kind of a bigger overview um, Mm -hmm. of child-centered play therapy. Some great principles behind it. I mean, Mm -hmm. I didn't know I wanted to be a play therapist until I accidentally took a play therapy class. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, I have to fill in the spot. Like, and my supervisor was like just do play therapy i think you'll like it and the very first class i had i remember leaving that class and just bawling mm. and i'm like this is it mm. this you, is for you me found your passion yeah this is it it was it was so moving that
0: um, was me too yeah uh, when i took my first play therapy i had been working with kids i had been a school teacher mm-hmm. for elementary age and then junior high and then um wanted to get my master's in counseling and so then I needed to take a course play therapy yeah. I took I was like, this is where I want to be. Yeah, this is where I want to land. I feel like that
1: happens to all the play therapists, you know that mm-hmm. it's like a moment in time that you, you can feel it. It's a connection. Yeah. It's awesome. And I Absolutely. you know,
2: I have regrets. So I was at North Texas with, you know, I the did. home of play therapy. <laughs> I was too. Right? Yes. Where Gary Landreth, um, yeah. you know, his, his home. Mm-hmm. And and I look back and think, you know, how did I not take a class from Gary Landreth when I was there? Oh my gosh, I know. And I regret I that so much. You know, I had other other electives and things to, to mm-hmm. fill. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I think, you know, I think you all are very, you know, very, I'm sure, feel very lucky that you were able to train under. Oh yeah.
0: my word! Sure. Yes, yeah, yeah. It was. that's so cool. So let me ask you, yeah. um really, a couple of questions. One of them sure. is, um, what kind of age range are we yeah. talking about? Because, um, like, do you do babies? <laughs> <laughs> now, my six-month-old was playing. She was oh, playing. absolutely! Yeah, yeah. Um, but how? How? What are the? What's the age range? And then. What does a session look like yeah. when you're with a kid mm-hmm. in session? What does that look like?
1: Yeah. So the age range is typically from three to about 11 or 12 ish for, for traditional like play therapy. Um, and sessions look very non-directive. The, the child is leading and the therapist is following and we'll get into more details about kind of the, the deep, like what the therapist is there for and what they're doing. Um, but each session is typically about 30 to 50 minutes. Um, the younger the kiddo, the more like, if it's a three-year-old, I do about 30 minutes. Um, and then the older they get, we get to that 50-minute mark. Um, so, yeah.
0: Um, And is there anything else about the session itself that you would uh, add to that? I know you're going to get into strategies. Sure, but sure. It's just you with the kid. So,
1: yeah. So the therapist and the child. And, and toys. And toys. And, toys. and yeah. sand. And, you know, the kind of that limit limitless thing that I talked about when a child walks into a playroom. It's... You know it's magical, like you said, and so um, you know the possibilities are endless. And sometimes they'll engage you in your play, and sometimes you're never engaged in the play, but you're providing meaning and language and and thoughts and feelings and
0: exactly all that fun
1: stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So not just going in and saying we're going to play this. Yeah. Hey, play this. I'm
1: just going to sit and over I'm here. I'm
2: going to sit and watch
1: you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So
2: yes. maybe you could share a little bit about you know what. Are some of the strategies yeah, absolutely. That, that you would use?
1: Um, so one of the biggest ones is tracking. And a good way for me to describe that is if you're missing your favorite football game and you're on the road and you got a you know five-hour drive, you're gonna turn on the radio and listen to that, to that football game, right? And it's gonna feel like you're there. So that's what like the an therapist, yes, yeah. a person who kind of keeps the flow is continuously talking. You're going to take that toy and you're going to put it there. And that giraffe is going to eat, try to eat that line. Like you're really and tracking. what is the
2: purpose of that?
1: Yes. The purpose is to help the child understand that you are there. You are present. You are with them and you're. They don't have to look back, you know, like mm-hmm. oftentimes you'll see a kiddo and mm-hmm. they're like looking to see if you're looking. If you're paying attention you know? and they'll they them. want that attention. Mm-hmm. So if you're tracking them, they don't that's not something they they have to worry about, right? It eliminates that, hey, this, is this adult watching me? Are they paying mm-hmm. attention? I need that attention, right? Mm-hmm. And so tracking is huge. Um and I guess with like limit setting and things like that, which I can kind of get into. I don't mm-hmm. know if y'all did the last.
2: We we talked a yeah. little bit about um, limit setting. Yeah. Um,
0: but do you set limits in play therapy?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We do. Um, you know, if the child is being unsafe or Are there's you just a smack limit. Them on the hand. <laughs> no, don't smack the child on the head. So <laughs> With the, way, the sword. <laughs> they might do that to you though. So how? Do you That's when you th- set a limit, limit
0: in a in a play therapy. So session?
1: there's an acronym called ACT. Act right. A is acknowledge the emotion. So if a person or a child is hit, trying to hit me with a sword and they're laughing and they're having the time of their life, you know, you're so excited. It's so fun for you to hit me with that sword, right? Um, and then you communicate the limit, you know, but I'm not for hitting with that sword. Uh, and then you give them alternatives. So that's targeting the alternatives, which is you can choose to hit that doll or the sand or the punching bag, but again, I'm not for hitting. Right? So even and in the so,
0: play, play session, yeah the kid may do something that would be inappropriate oh, uh, in terms yeah. of even it's not your a physical safety. It's not a free for all. Yes, yeah.
1: yes, yes. I get that sand thrown at my face a lot, you know? Yeah. It's just
0: like, and then and you and say- being shot yeah. at you.
1: Dark rides. Right? yeah. And you know, it's constantly, you're kind of setting limits in a very, almost like accepting, empathetic way, right? There's no rejection, there's no shame, there's no embarrassment, there's no, look at, remember what you did last mm-hmm. session? Like every time is a fresh start. So when they come I, had in. This, I had this yeah. kid
0: one time who was later, he was diagnosed as being on the spectrum. And so we work with a lot of different yes. mm-hmm. issues that kids mm-hmm. may have, mm-hmm. including on the spectrum or, and there's some wonderful stuff in play with kids on the spectrum too. That is just fascinating yeah. work that you can do, but he was probably on the spe- He was on the spectrum. He was yeah. later diagnosed with that. He was only three or four at the time. And then he also later was diagnosed with bipolar disorder too. So he had some mm-hmm. interesting uh, behaviors, yeah. I'll put, and right. he walked into my playroom and slugged me at, right in the <laughs> sorry, face sorry. and my glasses went flying oh. mangled back and I'm bleeding because of the glasses oh, and boy. I did say, I'm not for hitting. <laughs> That's incredible, <laughs> impressive, right? Some
1: somebody might be like go into defense mode. Exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah. It, the idea and is to stay kind of grounded, right? That congruence, stay grounded in, in the principles, and you know, use the language that a child can really understand and feel comforted with. So you
0: do use language then?
1: Oh my gosh, that's like the way that we you know communicate with the kiddos mm-hmm. is through that. Yeah. So
0: you mm-hmm. communicate with language back to them? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in terms of what they may be doing.
1: Yeah, how they're playing, what they're playing with. We use emotional language kind of, you know, all the toys are there for a reason. And so they help the child, um, you know, express their real life experiences mm-hmm. used to symbolize things. And we're there being the tracking person to yeah. track all yeah. of that mm-hmm. for them.
0: Well, and yeah. I guess also to be thinking in terms of like one of the things about language is you're you're all if you're using a lot of language, that's connecting with what they're doing, it looks like that may be the reason why language is it's stimulated. It's huge, it's and, huge. And processed. Uh Let me ask you, are there certain toys that you do have in a play therapy room, or can it be just a anything? Yeah. Are there certain things that you would not want to have in there? Uh, what are the reasons for maybe the toys and what you're trying to, to have accessible to the child? Yeah,
1: um, so the idea is that, you know, there are specific toys there. They help a child kind of process their emotions. So they should be able to symbolize, you know, that aggressive behaviors, angry behaviors, just family relational type stuff. Mm-hmm. And these are, they kind of help us understand children and themes, right? And it's not a free for all. We don't just add any toy that we see. Um, and they're categorized with, like I said, nurturing, exploring, um, you know activities and uh, just to stimulate that emotional kind of growth. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm.
2: I wanted to go back some of the strategies. Yeah. I know that we we've talked about this um, at length. Uh, the idea of of not only you know some of the the tracking and being available and and showing you know that you're there. I think one of the things that I think is so powerful in play therapy is being able to reflect those feelings mm-hmm. that you're seeing yeah. and building the child's emotional yes. vocabulary. Yeah, I, I love being able to to see a little one that, you know, language hasn't quite developed and maybe they're struggling with, um, you know, uh, putting a toy together and they're getting real frustrated and then being able to reflect that, right? Yeah. You know, this is frustrating that you can't get that yeah. to work the way you want. Yes. And I think, you know, I, I hear that from, from parents a lot is, is, you know, I know that you play, but I've also noticed that my child is able to use feeling words. Yeah, And so maybe you could share a little bit yeah, more about that.
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, we use a ton of feeling words, good ones, you know, the not so fun ones. And as they're playing, we, we help them understand their emotions and what it might be, right. It's a point of connecting. Um, with a child, trying to get them from the lower part of the brain to the upper part of the brain Mm -hmm. and use more reasoning and regulate um, in a better way. So kind of that example, um, you know, I have kiddos, like we have Play-Doh in the the playroom, right? And so it's hard to open the Play-Doh cap sometimes and kiddos have a hard time and you see a kiddo struggling, like you said, Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, that's really hard. You know, you're, and then you see kiddos like trying to look at it, trying to Mm -hmm. figure it out. And in that moment, I think that's so important to voice that. Mm-hmm. You're figuring it out. You're mm-hmm. trying, even though I know it's just a little Play-Doh thing, but they're trying to figure out how to open it, right? And if mm-hmm. you jump in and just do it for them, that is doing for a child what they can do for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we do, right? We try to encourage and build and increase. Which that is an, increase an important parenting their, yeah.
0: principle. Mm-hmm. Don't do it for a child huge. what you can do for themselves. You know, they, I, I've just been with my six month old granddaughter and they come on the planet needing everything done for them everything, everything. and so parents get used mm. to that yeah doing everything yeah. and i mean everything yeah but it's that letting go little by little turning responsibility over to the child yes that's important don't do for a child with what they can do for child. themselves
1: yes it's huge
2: I feel like that's the piece, right? That builds that self-esteem, builds that ability mm-hmm. to cope, builds yeah. that resilience mm-hmm. um, where they see that, that, you know, I can do it, yeah. I, I can stick with it, I can,
1: you know. Yeah. Uh, and you can, you know, some kiddos will be like, no, I really can't, you know, but mm-hmm. you know that they can. And you're like, you kind of have to stand your ground and say, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know you're having trouble, but I really think you can do it. Right. And mm-hmm. you would never do it for them fully, mm-hmm. but if anything, you would do it together right Right. let's see if we can do it together what can you do and then what can i do right i love that. so that's super important
2: well i know in you know adult talk therapy Mm -hmm. we don't necessarily go session to session and focus just on the content we start noticing you know kind of some underlying things we we start kind of putting the puzzle together Mm -hmm. and it may be less about what was shared in that particular session, mm-hmm. we might have to look at you know at the bigger picture in play therapy. Mm-hmm. Are there similar kinds of of things um, mm-hmm. themes maybe yeah. that you look for? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, there's definitely a ton of themes. Um, I think some of the big ones I really want to talk about, um, the first one is kind of like power control, um, and kind of needing that. Yeah, you know it's children a big one. children. Um, are told what to do all the time, and and it's that's how it's supposed to be for them, but it can be a very powerless feeling. And so um, power and control can look in session like hero versus villain, right? The oppressor versus the oppressed, and I'm the boss and you're gonna sit over there and I'm gonna take you to, you know, just Mm -hmm. very trying to get that authority and trying to make decisions. Um, That's a really big thing we see almost all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. it's a big one. And some nurturing type themes and family relationship type themes are huge. Um, You know, a parent's attachment and relationship with their parents comes out in play. You know, Mm -hmm. they'll play out their parental roles, and you kind of get an idea of their inner world, right? You know, a child will come in and play out their weekend or something, right? Mm -hmm. Where they had a dinner party, Mm -hmm. and the dinner Mm -hmm. party is okay. Like we have to go and get on the table and make sure the table is set, and 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 Miss Trisha, you're gonna go sit over there, and I'm gonna sit. Like it's a very intense uh play session Mm -hmm. right and and that also leads me to control and like safety themes right which um that can be seen like a child will come in and start cleaning Mm -hmm. or organizing Mm -hmm. or trying to um kind of build things and make sure everything is tidy Mm -hmm. um you know, they might play out dangerous situations or disasters or, you know, hurricanes, tornadoes, sandstorms are a big one, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. so a lot of safety themes, needing safety, rescuing people, rescuing themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be seen, you know, them processing like trauma, you know, it's, it's huge. Um, yeah. Mastery mm-hmm. themes are, are one, too, where mm-hmm. they try to show you their competence, right? and try to show Mm -hmm. you that they can do it. They can put that ball over there or they can scoop the sand and pick up the entire Mm -hmm. bucket. And they want you to know they can do it. Um, Or they're gonna cheat and win the game. Or cheat and win (laughs) the game, yes, which is typical. It it
0: sounds like even traumatic events that have taken place, because a lot of things we're hearing in today's world is about the topic of trauma. Mm -hmm. And we're hearing a lot about trauma. And that seems to be also in the psychological world a lot about trauma but yes this is about helping kids with trauma as oh, well yeah. Yeah. one of the things i've noticed with with younger kids is when they're really doing and they've had neglect in mm. their history yeah they tend to play a lot with that nurturing, nurturing. kind yes. of thing because mm-hmm. there that was what was missing yes it's and,
1: oftentimes you know what's missing is what Mm -hmm. we see in the play, what's missing in their inner world, you know, their connections with their family or their friends or just their social world. Mm -hmm. Unmet needs. Well, that brings us to
0: the the subject. Well, let me just say, I I think that, you know, with regard to play therapy, it sounds to me Mm -hmm. from a lot of what you're saying, that it is also about building Mm self-esteem, that it's about, uh, helping the child to grow and feeling empowered mm-hmm. instead of disempowered Yes, because you were talking about the pa- empowerment themes. Yeah. And so self-esteem building sounds like that's yeah. another one that you're mm-hmm. working on is to build that yeah. kid up on the inside.
1: Absolutely. And that, you know, we provide a lot of encouragement mm-hmm. in our mm-hmm. sessions. I mean, that's a huge kind of tenet of in of play therapy, providing encouragement for the child versus praise. Um and praise is great, right? Children need to hear, you did a great job. And wow, look at that test result. It's an A, great job, right? But that just focuses on the result. And we want to build children to focus rather on the process, right? Yeah. You work so hard, you mm-hmm. know, you failed, or you failed is probably not the right word, but you it took you a while to kind of get get there, and but you did it anyway. You stuck to it, mm-hmm. right? You're pointing out that perseverance that they have, and that's what you're focusing on. Yeah. And that's what they see that. You're focusing on so they're going to want to do that more and more it's like a positive reinforcement thing right Mm -hmm. right if you're just reinforcing the result and the good result that child's going to be driven just by results
0: and we don't want that (laughs) so we've touched on some of the issues that are maybe appropriate for kids Mm -hmm. coming into play therapy but sure are there what what types of issues would be appropriate for Mm -hmm. play therapy
1: yeah i think you know anger issues conduct problems behavioral issues anxiety depression um any family issues so like Children going through a divorce mm-hmm. um, or death of uh, you know a family member, so grief. Um, you know, if they've had any recent medical kind of issues and trying to process that, uh, ADHD can be helped, as you said earlier. ASD, um, autism spectrum disorder, um, domestic violence, abuse. You know, just all kinds of things.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, and we deal with all of that yeah, at our do. center. Yeah, we do. All of that. You know, all yeah, all of it is coming through, mm-hmm. and we're trying to help people in all of those different facets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I agree with you.
2: I mean, really, it sounds like, I mean, really any issue. I mean, could, I mean, yeah, there, there is at least give it a shot. You know, Right, right. it's, it's right. a, it's
1: a good shot. I right. think, right.
2: right. I have parents ask um, when we're starting play therapy, you know, if they will be a part of the session, will they be in the room? Right. Will they be, yeah. um, you know, playing with their child? Yeah. Maybe you could share a little sure. bit about how that so...
1: looks. So. <laughs> You know, it really depends Mm. on kind of the kiddo. Mm -hmm. And so it's like a yes and a no. So let me kind of elaborate. Um, Typically, it's just the therapist and the child Mm -hmm. in the playroom. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes if, you know, we'll have 10 sessions and we'll see that there's a lot of need maybe for mom to come into the session and just kind of be there and Mm -hmm. observe or Mm -hmm. try to pick up on the the skills that the therapist has and try to build that relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Try to form that healthier attachment. Um, in the event that their attachment has been compromised, right, mm-hmm. with their caregiver or parent. So um, parents are essential in that we do have parent meetings, and we have them regularly. They're an important piece, a uh, very important piece, because without them, we can't really,
2: you know, they know their child the, they best. Know their
1: child the best, and we need them. We need their participation, and we, we make sure that those parent meetings get done, mm-hmm. um, and we provide suggestions mm-hmm. and give them tools and... Mm-hmm. And kind of it's a whole family thing right when we tell parents sometimes they're like how do i tell my parent or my child about play therapy what do i say you know and it's like well it's kind of one of those things where you can say your child's going to get you know a time to play and talk about feelings but also mommy and daddy are going to learn too Mm -hmm. it's a learning opportunity for the entire family
2: it's a big part of I think what I mean we do. Huge, yeah. huge 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 yeah it, it's it's not one or the other I yeah. think it's working with the child and also working with the parents yeah yeah, yeah. supporting yeah. the family
1: the entire family mm-hmm. not just the kiddo but the whole.
0: Mm-hmm. so um and then in terms of I know if I I, I do something called filial therapy yeah uh, which is another way to involve the parents. And I'm Mm -hmm. currently working with someone that I'm doing that with right now. Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about what filial therapy is? Yeah,
1: absolutely. It's when, um, the therapist can train and kind of supervise parents Mm -hmm. on child centered play therapy and help them to do those sessions at home, you know, and away from the play therapy with Mm -hmm. the actual therapist, right? It helps Mm -hmm. to build, like I said, that attachment Mm -hmm. helps to repair relationships between parents and child. Mm -hmm. So it's, It's not like when the damage is done and you're like, oh, well, now we can't recover. Mm -hmm. No, there's always recovery. We can always go back, Mm -hmm. you know, and repair those relationships and those attachments. So basically, we're teaching parents how to do child-centered play Mm -hmm. therapy in Philly. Well,
0: and one other thing I wanted to ask you, too, is play therapy something that a child begins and will be in for the rest of their life? No, (laughs)
1: no, (laughs) no. Um, You know, research suggests about 20 sessions is a good kind of, indicator of the you know problems being solved and and so like I said each child is different right and they might need less than that or they might need more um, it varies so mm-hmm. but yeah
2: you know going back to the filial therapy yeah during quarantine I was
1: just thinking that too. I think we were all yeah. thinking it <laughs> yeah. during
2: quarantine
1: when we were not <laughs> we, able to oh see our, our
2: kids in the clinic yeah. um, we did a lot of training with parents um, mm-hmm. on how to to do you know um some of the play therapy to to work through the filial therapy model. And, you know, I, I think it was so helpful. I really do. I yeah. mean, there were a lot of things that, you know, we wish that we could have done in the center, but to give parents that opportunity mm-hmm. to have that intentional time
1: yeah.
2: and to learn how to connect with their child and put their phone mm-hmm. away and oh do gosh, some yes. of that, you know, carving out of that intentional time to play. I I think that was, I think it was so powerful. And, and I love, you know, even still, I mean, you know, teaching parents to do that because I think, you know, we're so busy, right? I mean, we, we all are just busy in our lives and our kids are busy and to find time to carve out, right. And, and to have, especially with our younger ones, um, you know, an opportunity to play and use some of the strategies. Um, I think it can be very powerful for, for parents.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: I wanted to ask, um, so talking about little ones, yeah. what about our teens and tweens? So, you know, I have many of, of the teens and tweens um, that I work with, and we have at our center um, incredible activity rooms. Mm-hmm. We have pool table, we have ping pong, we have foosball, basketball, yeah. so many great, you know, different activities. Different, um, opportunities um, is that play therapy is that
1: so i would say that's more like activity therapy okay. it's more directive right you're using those activities arts crafts sports games puzzles you know mm-hmm. to connect with the with the child i mean i have some teens too and you know we'll we'll be playing ping pong and and we'll be talking right and that's kind of how they come out of their mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. is having something you know I, I had a kiddo last week came in and Uh, she's a teen and she's like sitting on my couch, but she's like, I need something to fidget with. Can you please give me something? Mm -hmm. Right. So then Mm -hmm. I kind of throw her something and, you know, doing that helps her. She's talking and she's looking down and fidgeting. Right. And so it's, it's just important to, you know, activity therapy is great too. It is so much
0: fun working with kids, I think. Yes, it is. I've had kids upside down on the couch (laughs) because that's what they needed to do. Mm -hmm. That's what they got to do. And then they were talking Mm -hmm. and
2: bouncing on the trampoline, bouncing, 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 and talking.
0: And I, I had one kid I was playing, um, uh, not basketball, ping pong with, Uh and she, every time she would get into some pretty deep stuff that she was talking about.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: Her parents were divorced, and she was talking about how difficult it is Mm -hmm. and challenging. I try to stop so that I could focus attention on her. And she'd say, what are you doing? Keep playing. And as yes, long as I was playing, a, she, she was talking. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, same thing with playing pool with teenagers. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Mm-hmm. They can talk when they're doing something where it doesn't feel like the spotlight is on top of them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say we are so privileged here today oh, Yes. with having Trisha here today, Trisha McCon. Um, as you can tell, she's just amazing and amazing with children and fabulous and knows what she's doing. Absolutely. So, uh, and if you want to find out more from her about her, you can go to our website, www.drbeckloff.com. That's D-R-B-E-C-K-L-O-F-F.com. Again, thank you. Thank you for our wonderful licensed psychologist, co-host, <laughs> Dr. Elizabeth Zach who, uh, as you can tell, helps us with lots of contributions and helps us to keep things together, <laughs> since she is also the Director of Counseling Services at our office as well. Yes. And thank you again. Of course. Thank you for having me. Okay. It was, it was yes. good. Yes. And that's it.